Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosity, the one true podcast where the Lord has smitten us in our secret parts. And this is why we are no longer allowed in heaven, because he hath crushed us. <laughs> so what we're going to do today, we're going to uh, have a, a new segment called uh, Listener Mail, Feedback, okay. something Sounds like that. Sounds good to me. Sounds so we good. got a, a fairly long email from one of our listeners. I want to address a couple things in it. And then we're going to go into uh, crazy Bible stories. <laughs> Everybody's been looking forward to this one. Oh, God, this is going to be great. All right, uh, let's talk about the email first. What do we got? Uh, well, I'm actually pretty impressed by this email. We got an email from Jacob, who, mind you, is a teenager. And I got to tell you, I'm pretty impressed that we got a teenager listening to religious topics. This is quite interesting. I'm more impressed that he's got 38 of our podcasts on his iPod. Uh, I don't have 38 of our podcasts on my iPod. I think I've got one at this point. Nice. <laughs> You, you haven't listened to any, have you? Uh, one at this point. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Um, he actually apparently is on that one gaming forum that uh, last question we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, the one there. who stated that we we didn't know very much about the LDS religion, and then we challenged him. And interestingly, he actually pointed out that somebody went back on the forum and pointed out that we called this last question guy out. Yeah, we haven't heard from him at all. So no, no. Uh, get back on the forum and make fun of that guy, because uh, he's kind of a coward. And neither Charlie or I will get off our lazy asses and do it ourselves. So. <laughs> right? <laughs> Hell no, I'm not <laughs> registering on that forum. All right, um... Now, he says he's got a question about agnosticism and atheism. There seems to be a lot of confusion regarding these two terms. He said he's, he's in the opinion that agnosticism was a position of God's existence cannot be known, and that is correct. He says, however, this would make agnostics by definition atheists if one defines atheism and lack of belief in the deity. Yes, again, that's true. Uh, so he says, so why the hell would, do we have people calling themselves agnostic atheists? <laughs> <laughs> Here's why. Um, agnostic is a term that deals with Knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. You have the Greek A meaning without and uh, gnosis meaning knowledge. So it's without knowledge. It's the proposition that I believe it was um, Huxley who first coined this term in the 1800s uh, that we cannot come to a knowledge of God. There's just no way that we can access that. So that's a knowledge proposition. Atheism is a belief proposition. It is without belief in God, right? Atheism. Yeah. So you can be an agnostic atheist because... The, the two propositions are different. Can we come to a knowledge of God? Uh, if you don't believe that we can, then you're an agnostic. Uh, and that is, by default, by the way, an atheist. Because, well, I suppose you could still believe if you don't have knowledge. You just kind of take a leap of faith and you could be agnostic Christian. You don't know that there's a God, but you believe in one anyway. Yeah, you hope. Anyway. Right. Yeah. So that, that's what the difference between agnosticism and atheism and uh, why people can call themselves agnostic atheists. Yes, and uh, concerning the uh, dating, athe or dating theists and atheists, the last time I tried to ask out a, a woman who was a theist, she talked to me on the phone for a very long time, and then she invited me to church. I told her no, told her I was an atheist, and she says, oh, well, I'm sorry, I can't go out with you then. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work out. Uh, Charlie's a special case. You, you should have said that um, Jesus was not sent to the believers, but to the sinners, right? For, yeah. Or why does a physician have need to heal the well? Well, forgive me, but I'm not going to diddle around with a woman who judges me just by atheism. Yeah, that's pretty common, too. Um, now, people ask me about my wife, because he, he brings me up. He says, you know, one of the show hosts is married to a theist. That's me, uh, Chuck. 
Yeah. Um, I'm married to a um, fairly, um, I don't know how you put it, devout theist. Uh, fairly is an understatement. This woman is completely devout. Uh, and the only way this works out, and, and this is the only time I'm going to address this, because I've been asked about it many, many times. Yeah, it keeps um, coming up. So, you so I'm going to address this now, and then I won't ask, answer any more questions. Uh, it only works because she's a saint, basically. Yeah, um, she <laughs> because she can put up with Charlie and I. She is a saint. <laughs> she is very tolerant to my uh, ridiculing and mocking religion, and I try to keep it to a minimum uh, when I'm, you know, around my wife and my kids. But you know, it, it's me. Sometimes it still leaks it out, and, yeah, especially yeah. when you and I are together. <laughs> yeah. So if you limit yourself to just dating agnostics or atheists, you're limiting your dating pool, especially as a teenager, fairly yeah. significantly. No, um, don't limit your pool. Date whoever you feel like. If theism comes up, just say, you know, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's like politics. <laughs> it's like politics. All it's going to do is piss one of you off. Uh, absolutely true. You know, what? a couple of my doctor friends went to this uh, sports medicine conference, and uh, there were three of them, and one of them was a devout theist. He was a devout Christian, and they were sharing the same hotel room to save money, and the guy says, you know, uh, it's a little awkward, but um, I love you guys too much to let this go. Oh, uh, God, you... <laughs> no, no, no. Have you ever heard about Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> no, we live in America. We've never oh, heard God. about Jesus. So one of the other docs goes, let's not continue this conversation, because if it does continue, I guarantee one or both of us is going to get pissed off. <laughs> that that kind of nipped it in the bud. Yeah, yeah. Well, before we actually go into it, there was one thing that Charlie forgot to mention in the beginning, and that is that we have discovered that we have been nominated on a podcast awards. <laughs> yeah, that was by, was it Joni? Joni, yeah. We actually had to go to the, the Facebook site to, uh, to look and see who nominated us, and uh, really how I found out about it is because I saw referrals from the site itself. Now, the funny thing is, is they have us listed under religion inspiration and i can see no better way to put us than inspiration yeah so get out there and vote for us um, <laughs> or if, vote against if, us or if, click on everybody else if we win the religious slash inspiration category <laughs> god that's the that just captures the spirit of the show yeah yeah but you do recall what happened with our AdSense at this point <laughs> someone <laughs> they'll discover Judas, they'll discover they'll what discover we that we're sending you and uh, disqualify us <laughs> All right, well, uh, you want to go into, uh, we got a lot of material. The crazy Bible stories, again, there's no shortage of crazy Bible stories. The, the, um, the, the main stumbling block to Christianity for me is the Bible. Yeah. And I, I firmly believe that uh, none of these Christians ever read the Bible. <laughs> well, see, I was telling Charlie that for research for this podcast... I actually cracked open my Bible and studied it for six hours. And I can guarantee you, I have never read that Bible so much than when I became an atheist. Oh, yeah. It's a lot more fascinating now because now you're reading it with the idea not that, oh, this is inspiring, oh, this is great, it's wonderful, but how in the hell can people believe in this shit? <laughs> what? How? It, it, it makes no sense. And you have to put on the rose-colored glasses to even view this straight. Which, we're going to take off the rose-colored glasses right about now. All right, I'm going to start, um, and this is, this is a good story. You know, we're, we're, we've hit the obvious ones, right? We've already hit Moses and his, um, you know, the Israelites' defeat of the Midianites, and 
they drag back, uh, you know, these messengers to say, I know you told us that we we're supposed to kill, kill everybody, everybody, but we spared the women and the children. And Moses gets all pissed off and says, well, you need to kill the male children. All the women have known men, but save the virgins for us. Yeah. We've gone over that one. We've gone over the she-bears, the 40. Yeah, yeah. Do not make fun of kids. a bald man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Adam and Eve, that whole story doesn't make sense because uh, they have no idea the difference between good and evil <laughs> until they eat the thing, but God punishes them for it. Yeah. All right, we wanted to hit more obscure ones, right? Stuff that if you don't read the Bible, you typically don't hear about. Yeah. So I'll start. This is in uh, Genesis 34. Uh, this is um, one of Jacob's daughters, right? Dinah, the daughter of Leah, uh, which she bare into Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. And, and when Shechem, the son of Hamor the Hivite... Prince I of the country saw her. He took her and lay with her and defiled her. So basically, he um, and his soul clave unto Dinah, the daughter of Jacob. So basically, he raped her. Yeah. Now these guys aren't Israelites. They're like surrounding lands. So um, Shechem actually falls in love with this girl that he raped, and he says to his father Hamor, "Get me this damsel to wife." <laughs> and, Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter, but Hamor, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob to commune with them. And uh, here come the sons of Jacob, right? The men were grieved. They were very wroth because he had wrought folly in Israel and lying with Jacob's daughter, which thing ought not to be done. Uh, and they never say why not particularly, you know, is it because they're not married? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> is it because they're not Israelites? Um, or is it the rape that bothers them? They don't seem to be bothered by the rape, actually. Well, see, once you're, uh, once you're done discussing that, I'm going to go to Deuteronomy 22, where we actually figure out what happens when somebody is raped, according oh, okay. to the Bible. So. All right. So, um, Hamor uh, said, Hey, look, um, the soul of my son Shechem longeth for your daughter. I pray you give her him to wife. And ye make marriages with us, and give your daughters unto us, and take our daughters unto you. And you can imagine the daughters going, uh, hello? Hello? <laughs> Over here, raped me. Please stop. <laughs> do we, so do we, do we have any uh, say in this at all? Yeah. At all? <laughs> Yo. Uh, so I love the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so all these men are discussing the fates of all their daughters. The sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor, his father, deceitfully, and said, because he had defiled Dinah, their sister, they said unto them, We cannot do this thing to give our sister to one that is uncircumcised, for that were a reproach unto us. But in this we will consent unto you, if ye will be as we be, that every male of you be circumcised, then we will give our daughters unto you, and we will take your daughters to us. We will dwell with you, we will become one people. So basically they say, hey, look, uh, if you go ahead and get circumcised, then uh, everything will be fine. You can have our daughters, we can have your daughters, it's all wonderful. Yeah. There will be a lot of daughter having. Yes, yes, we'll pass our daughters around, everybody <laughs> will be happy. Take one down, pass it around. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Um, Shechem uh, says, hey, no problem. I'm all up to that. And he goes up to the city and he, he talks to all the guys in the city uh, saying, hey, you know, these guys are peaceable with us and they'll dwell in our land and give us our daughters and take our daughters. Um, all, all, it's just one catch. And that is you got to cut the foreskin off your penis. Yes, it's not going to tickle. And so what did they say? Sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah, let, let's just, uh, everybody grab your knives. Let's go ahead. <laughs> and so... It's they, like a circle jerk with knives. <laughs> so they all, they all hack away their penises. And uh, it says in verse 25, And it came to pass on the third day, when they were sore... 
was a time delayed soreness, I guess. Yes, yes. They were like, "Wow, that wasn't that, too bad." That felt pretty good. Yeah. Then the third day rolls around. Oh God! Oh my God! What is wrong oh, with my nether regions? You know, actually, on the third day, they're probably all infected. Yeah, they probably did. The, they had a communal knife, and they're all infected on the third day. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> when they were sore, that two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brethren took each man his sword and came upon the city boldly and slew all the males. So they waited until they're groping around their penises in, in agony and <laughs> slew them all. They slew Hamor and Shechem also and took Dinah out of Shechem's house and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and spoiled the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their sheep and their oxen and their asses. They cannot leave the asses alone. They love those asses. God is an ass man. We've covered this before. Go and that God. which was in the city and that which is in the field. So one rape leads to the destruction of pretty much the entire city. However, the problem here, which I will get into, is Hang on. by them slaughtering, they went against Deuteronomy. And all their wealth and all their little ones, they took their kids. And their wives took they captive and spoiled even all that was in the house. So um, a little out of proportion, I think. Wait, wait, wait. They spoiled everything in the house. Didn't yes. they say that the sister was spoiled? So what yeah. exactly are they doing in the house? They took all the food out of the refrigerator. <laughs> and Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, Ye have troubled me to make me stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And I being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. So basically, he's not worried about his daughter being raped. He's not worried about the total destruction of the city. He's just worried about how he looks to other people. <laughs> And that they is said, very important. And they said, this is sons, should he deal with our sister as with an harlot? <laughs> <laughs> and it ends and it doesn't go back to it. Yeah, well, That's the story. There's no answering that question. Sister <laughs> is a harlot. She got raped. She's a harlot. Plain and simple. So, so the sequence of events, this guy takes uh, this, this daughter, rapes her. Um, they uh, say, hey, no problem. You can have our daughter. Just be circumcised. They say, hey, great. They circumcise themselves, get really sore, and these two guys destroy the entire city, kidnap all the women and children, and bring them back, take the asses, everything. And Jacob says, hey, you're making me look bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's wonderful. All right, so what does Deuteronomy have to say about that? Behavior? All right, all right, let me ask you. If you marry... I, I would like to say also that the Levites are the priestly tribe. yes. This so, is the priestly tribe. Apparently, God has no problem with this. Uh, no. no. Uh, I don't know what happened to Simeon and his kids, but Levi was set up as the priest for everyone. I'm pretty sure I know why he was stating that they were making him look bad, and that's obviously because of Deuteronomy. Now, Charlie, when you married Cammie, yeah. and if you discovered that she wasn't a virgin, what would you do? Um, I would probably kill everyone in her household. No. And no. steal all their asses. <laughs> <laughs> You're an ass man, too. <laughs> That's what I would do. According to the Bible, it is within your right to drag her back to her father's house and stone her on the father's doorstep. And this is why Mary made up that story about the whole God and the Holy Ghost thing impregnating her. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, women out there, unless you're fugly and know you're never going to get married, I wouldn't suggest having sex. Oh, God. <laughs> According to Deuteronomy. I'm just following the Bible. Oh, it's painful <laughs> to listen to you. All right, all right. Well, what happens if a man is caught sleeping with another man's wife? They both should be stoned. Exactly. Both and, of them are killed. And the donkey outside that was just looking. He's the one that gets raped. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Well, what happens? You, if, you you know what happens when a man rapes a, an animal, right? They no. put the man to death and the animal. <laughs> that probably goes along with this. All right. So if a woman who is a virgin is raped within the city and doesn't cry out, what happens? You have to stone her because she didn't fight back enough. Yep. Then both her and the man are dragged to the city gates and killed. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. All right. Well, yeah, imagine for a second, almighty God, right, sitting around there in his clouds thinking up these ideas. Yeah. All right. Um, now, women, even though these men are stronger than you are and probably at this time are wearing weapons and armor, um, you got to fight back. Yeah. Uh, if you Scream don't. Scream more. If you don't, I'm going to have my tribe kill you. They're going to stone you to death. Yeah, you deserve it. You oh did not God. fight back and you did not scream. Oh, what an asshole. What an asshole. Yeah, we've already established God is an asshole. Well, this, this gets much worse. All right, so we've uh, covered if she's in town. What happens if a man finds a woman in the field who is betrothed, rapes her, she cries out. Who is betrothed? Yeah. That's just another... Okay, so she's engaged. She's engaged. But if she's not engaged... Wait, I'm now? getting to that. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so she's betrothed. So there's a whole list of considerations. Okay. He rapes her, she cries out, yeah. and there is no one to save her. What happens? Well, only the man should be killed, because at least then she fought back. Yeah. The, man, or sh the woman is held blameless. Yeah. However, when she gets married and the husband discovers that she's not a virgin, well, she, she can, can be then be dragged and <laughs> stoned. Yeah, all right. Now, now we get to why he thought that they were making a bad reputation for him. So, what happens if a woman is out in the field, she is not betrothed, yep. and then she becomes raped? Uh, I don't know. All right, I'm sold, it, sold it. into slavery. No, I'm going to read it. Uh, this is Deuteronomy 27.30. If a man find a damsel that is a virgin which is not betrothed and lay hold on her and lie with her and they be found, then the man that lay with her shall give unto the damsel's father fifty shekels of silver and she shall be his wife because he had humbled her. He may not put her away all his days. So he rapes her, and she is forced to be his wife, forced to be raped over and over and over again for the rest of her life. And not only is she forced, but the guy can't divorce her. Yeah, he can't get He's rid prevented. of her. He's Oh, my God. Yeah, does that make any, any sense to you? Sure, if God is a rapist. <laughs> Here, let's just spread rape. Yeah. If you see a beautiful woman, drag her out into the field. Make sure she's not betrothed. Yeah, she has can't be. You got to get her really young, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> drag her out into the field and have your way with her, and then you'll be married to her for the rest of your life. But you have to have a buddy swing by and catch you raping her, so right. that way he can report it. Right. Otherwise, she'll be stoned when she when they find out she's not a virgin. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, who the hell came up with these specifications you know, and, for raping women? And they never mentioned this stuff in Sunday school. When no. did, you know, did you ever hear about this? Oh, by the way, children. <laughs> if you feel like raping a woman, here's um, how you get away with it. I know we've talked about masturbation a whole lot. <laughs> Let's talk about rape now. Yes, yes. If, if you feel the need to spill your seed out onto the earth, find a woman out in a field. It's much God. better for you. All right, enough of that story. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Moving on. All right. What do you got? Oh, I thought you were going to uh, go. No, next. it's your turn now. We're going to alternate. Oh, I did alternate. I just did Deuteronomy. 
That was your crazy Bible story? Well, that was one of them. All right. All right, wait, wait, wait. If you want me to go further, I'll go further. I've got seven Bible stories after <laughs> all. How many do you have? Four. Awesome. You really did your Four. research. All right, well, since I have You can't more, count that as one of your seven. That, that is, too. Did you know any of that? That was like one passage in Deuteronomy. That was a whole chapter. I just <laughs> paraphrased it. It was the, You had one chapter yourself. Piss off. <laughs> what do you got? This better be crazier than your last one. Uh, it's actually pretty crazy, and it's, it's well known. So we all know the story of David, how he makes it good with Saul, and he falls in love with a woman. And at this point... I would like to point out that modern-day romance writers are pussies. And the reason why, and ladies, your expectations are much lower than what they used to be. And the reason why is because Saul said to David that he needed to go out and kill a hundred Philistines and bring back their foreskins before he would allow David to marry his daughter. Philistines. Philistines. <laughs> You say it your way, I say it my way. Piss off. 100 foreskins? Yeah. I paid twice that much for Cammy. Well, uh, actually, that's what David did. Instead of stopping at 100, he killed 200 men and brought back 200 foreskins. Now, ladies, this is what you should do. When your man comes to you and he asks you to marry him, the first thing you should say is, I want to find out how committed you are to me, so I would like you to go and collect a hundred foreskins for me. Diamond nothing. I want foreskins. Yes, give me foreskins. And then, if he refuses, he's not good enough for you. If he agrees and brings you back a hundred foreskins, he's only doing the minimum to keep you. That's but right. if you find a man that goes out and collects two hundred foreskins for you, he's a keeper. What, what is the Old Testament's obsession with penises? I don't know, but my question is, is during the, the wedding, where exactly did they display all these foreskins? <laughs> On David. On David. David had to wear them. And it was like, she had this gown with a trail, and David had this big tail of foreskins. <laughs> Sewed up Philistine foreskins. Maybe they were trying for the world record for the most mushroom <laughs> stamps. <laughs> Good God. Yeah, now you asked for a crazier story than rape. How's that one that, for you? That's pretty crazy. All right, your turn. All right, this is from Judges 11. Um, we, we discussed this briefly in uh, our interview with Bob Price. Yeah. We talked about uh, Jephthah. Now, he was a Gileadite, and he was a mighty man of valor. Um, he was a son of a harlot. <laughs> Whores, asses, and penises. It's all the Old Testament's about. Yeah, yeah. And people think that the Old Testament is God's word. God's a dirty old man sitting up in his cloud. God. So, um, apparently, um, Gilead's wife, you know, had a lot of sons. Um, or bear Gilead a lot of sons. And Gilead's wife, bear him sons. <laughs> Uh, and they thrust out Jephthah. They made him run out of the uh, village because they said, you are not our father's house and you can't inherit it. You are the son of a strange woman. Um, so he fled and he you know, grew up and became a, a mighty warrior. And um, the Israelites came back and he said, hey, be our captain. And he goes, um, did ye not hate me and expel me out of my father's house? And why are ye come unto me now when ye are in distress? I love how they talk in the Old Testament. Yeah. Uh, and then they said, um, Hey, therefore we turn again to thee now that thou mayest go with us and fight against the children of Ammon. 
and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. And so he said, I'm all right. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, you kicked me out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you want me to be your head? Okay, I'll be your head. Eh, sure thing. So he fights and he fights and he fights. And, and he says, and here, here's, this is the great part. And Jephthah vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou shalt without fail deliver the children of Ammon into mine hands, then it shall be that whatsoever cometh forth of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the children of Ammon, shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. Now, what can go wrong with that? Uh, it seems quite straightforward to me. And so, after he smote all of the children of Ammon, and they were subdued before the children of Israel, Jephthah came to Mizpah unto his house, and behold, his daughter came out to meet him with timbrels and with dances, and she was his only child. Beside her, he had neither son nor daughter. That's kind of included in the only child business. <laughs> In case you're an idiot reading the Bible. In case you're an idiot, they just had to put that in there. And there must have been idiots back then because they had to put it in. And it came to pass when he saw her that he rent his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, thou hast brought me very low, and thou art one of them that trouble me. For I have opened my mouth unto the Lord, and I cannot go back. And she says, My father, if thou hast opened thy mouth unto the Lord, do to me according to that which hath proceeded out of thy mouth. For as much as the oh, Lord hath taken advantage God, for thee of thine enemies, even of the children of Ammon. And so um, she said, Let this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months that I might go up and down upon the mountains and bewail my virginity, I and my fellows. And he said, Go. And he sent her away for two months. And she went with her companions and bewailed her virginity upon the mountains. I wonder what that means. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh... Like a massive two-month orgy. <laughs> Well, she's going to be stoned at her father. <laughs> and it came to pass at the end of two months that she returned unto her father, who did with her according to his vow, which he had vowed, and she knew no man. Right. What was that yeah. two months about? Yeah, that was, uh, that was two months of knowing men so she could give them up. And it was a custom in Israel that the daughters of Israel went yearly to lament the daughter of Jephthah the Gileadite four days a year. Now, um, this seems like a really ridiculous story, right? Yeah, yeah it's stupid. Uh, God, um, whatever comes out, I'll offer it as a burnt offering. And of course, it's his daughter. And you remember when um, Isaac was being sacrificed and the Lord sent an angel yeah, saying, Oh, an you don't need please to. Please stop. Please stop. Yeah. I was testing you. All you need to do is demonstrate to me that you were willing to do it. Where's the angel here? This lady got burnt. You know what? You know, a burnt offering? I think they have to cut the throat, the blood goes down, and then you burn their body. Yeah, that's exactly what the burnt offering was. So uh, basically, I'm glad this woman went out for two months and had her orgies because that's a lifetime to make up for. I read some apologetics in this. Um, there are a bunch of websites saying, look, clearly because God says thou shalt not kill, human sacrifice is an abomination unto the Lord. Oh, really? Yeah. He just killed a bunch of Ammonites, and in the story before, they killed the entire town. <laughs> and in Joshua, they, they, you know, Joshua leads them and says, uh, you know, we got to kill everyone in Canaan and spare no one, right? The Midianites, kill everyone. Bullshit, God doesn't kill. What, uh, and they said, of course, the and in that, in his vow, <laughs> where he says, <laughs> he said, um, when I return in peace from the uh, whatsoever cometh forth from the doors shall surely be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. They said, oh, that means or. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not. I've never heard the word and meaning or before. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, they, he transposed those. Two so words. they said, well, he didn't kill her. He just, you know, gave her to the Lord in the temple, and she was a virgin. And 
And that's what it meant by bewailing her virginity. Bullshit. He was it was sad. a sacrifice. Stated clearly. Sacrifice. Yeah. In order to interpret that, you have to forget about the whole burnt offering stuff. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. All right. I take it it's my turn again? Yeah, your turn. All right. I, I'll do two of them real fast because one's, uh, one's really quick. See how weak these are that he's giving? No kidding, they're really quick. Mine are a hell of a lot more entertaining than yours. I mean, you just had a, a, a quick two-month orgy and then you were done with it. Your seven are worth about two of mine. Bullshit. All right. In that case, uh, do you know uh, when the first dildo was created? Uh, I believe that was Eve. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first mention of a dildo <laughs> is in Ezekiel 16. That was a... Fruit of the tree of good and evil. Yeah. It was a cucumber tree. It was a big cucumber tree. <laughs> <laughs> that's why... That's says, why they were punished. That's why Eve took a bite of that fruit. <laughs> oh, God, that's a bad image. <laughs> she made Adam take a bite out of it, too. <laughs> well, now we know where the kinky stuff on the internet that's came from. That's why the Lord was so pissed. Yeah, yeah. Wrong orifice. Do not bite that fruit. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Diltos. All right, all right. So, basically, in Ezekiel 16, it talks about how God blessed Jerusalem by giving them jewels. And this is 1617. Thou hast also taken thy fair jewels of my gold and my, of my silver, which I had given thee, and madest to thyself images of men, and didst commit whoredoms with them. So they made golden and silver statues and then started screwing the statues. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, now... Uh, that can't be in the Bible. That's in the Bible. Ezekiel sixteen seventeen. What? You're doubting me? Come yes. on, now. I, yes, I, I spent six hours researching this stuff. How long <laughs> did you spend? <laughs> that is in the Bible. Let's hear that preached on a pulpit. That's impressive. What's your next one? All right, my next one... Uh, to uh, kind of preface this, I should point out that I have a very small penis. In fact, I force women to sign a non-disclosure agreement before <laughs> I have sex with them to ensure I have chances with other women. Now, <laughs> there's um, the curse hasn't worked then. Huh? No, no, the curse has not worked. My penis is still minuscule. In fact... <laughs> I usually cheer when I finally penetrate a woman and scream, It's him! <laughs> and they look up at me and say, Really? It is? <laughs> Alright, that said, if you read Ezekiel 23, 2-4, it states, Son of man, there were two women, the daughters of one mother, and they committed whoredoms in Egypt. They committed whoredoms in their youth. There... <laughs> I love this part. There were their breasts pressed... And there they bruised the teats of their virginity. And the what? names of them were Ahola the Elder and Aholabah her sister. Now I would like to point out that all you virgins out there, don't let a man bruise your teats because it pisses God off. They bruised the teats of their virginity? Yeah. That is an exact quote in Ezekiel 23. That, that's wonderful. <laughs> well, speaking of whores. Wait. I'm oh, you're not done? No, 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 no. This gets much better. There's a reason I brought up my small I thought penis. they were short. Well, that is short, but that's only the first part. <laughs> Go ahead. Short like my penis. Come on. All right. Now, uh, basically what happens is the older sister dies, and the younger sister goes nuts. In fact, uh, in Ezekiel 23, 19 through 20, it says, 
Yet she increased her prostitution, remembering the days of her youth when she engaged in prostitution in the land of Egypt. She lusted after their genitals, as large as those of donkeys, and their seminal emissions was as strong as that of stallions. So, you Egyptians out there, you guys got it going on. I mean, talk about a donkey show. We don't have to go to Mexico for this. All we have to do is go, is go to Egypt. My God. Yeah, this is in Ezekiel. Have you ever heard this before? I swear to God, I've read the whole Bible. That doesn't sound familiar at all. Yeah, yeah, well, those Egyptians, they're as large as donkeys, and uh, when they spew forth, they cover them. like woman. a fire hydrant, man. <laughs> all right, now let's see if you have anything half as entertaining as that. Speaking of whores. Yes, yeah, speaking of whores. In Hosea 1, Hosea is a prophet, right? So it says, The word of the Lord that came unto Hosea, the son of Biri, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel. God, that's a mouthful. Yeah, say that ten times. The beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take unto thee a wife of whoredoms and children of whoredoms. For the land hath created a great whoredom departing from the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Dibleam, which conceived and bare him a son. Um, <laughs> really? The lady's name is Gomer? <laughs> So, first of all, I'm wondering, all right, so God's sitting up there, right? Yeah. God's He's pissed off there. that the Israelites are, are uh, worshiping other gods. And so what does he say? He says this to his prophet. <laughs> go marry a whore. <laughs> Everybody else being a whore, so go marry one. <laughs> go have sex with a whore. And you can see Hosea going, Thanks for the crabs. Yes, yes. I love the clap in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, God. This profit business is not like it used to be. Uh, the syphilis I've just caught is really helping my lineage. See? See, Israel, you're like me. Your penis is discharging. <laughs> Constantly. And I'm told that itching See? and burning sensation is normal. It's a parable. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Look at me showing you my parable. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. God's up there in his clouds going, hmm, maybe Israel will turn around if I make their prophet marry a whore. That's That'll it. teach everybody. <laughs> That's what I'll do. Go out there, marry her so you don't have to pay for it anymore. <laughs> do you ever have, like, in seminary an object lesson? Oh, God. Where they'd go and they'd, like, bring some visual aids or... You know, they'd take you through a little story, but not tell you first. Yeah, yeah, actually, I did have that. This is an object lesson, apparently, to Israel. And so, a prophet's walking around with a whore, and they'd be like, Oh, wow! I guess we should stop whoring after other gods. <laughs> wow, that really makes me feel bad about myself. <laughs> he sure showed us. Wow, maybe that... we should stop whoring to these other gods. <laughs> prophet had sex with a prostitute. <laughs> Well, I guess uh, that's better than having sex with a statue. <laughs> so stupid. People live their lives according to these stupid words. How is it people miss this stuff? I mean, seriously, how do you read the Bible, come across something like this, and just raise an eyebrow and go, what the hell? I tell you, because the vast majority of it is so excruciatingly boring, 
You're just glazing over when you're reading it yeah, anyway. That's I mean, I'm sure it. that's what I did. But that does not explain people who actually go to seminary, people who go to college to study this. That's true, like Catholic priests. Catholic and... priests. How do you pass over this stuff? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's certainly, you probably read it once, raise an eyebrow and go, hmm, that's odd, and then move on, because you're never going to do a sermon on on Hosea 1. <laughs> <laughs> and here's my sermon. I'm supposed to be celibate, but now I've married a whore because my congregation <laughs> worshiping other worshiping gods. Pagans. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh god, <laughs> that should have been like the the um, who's that guy, Jim Baker, or, or who's the guy who got caught with a prostitute, Ted Haggard. Oh, Haggard! That should have been Haggard's excuse, man. Haggard, come on, man. Read your Bible. (laughs) There's your excuse right there. We are whoring to other gods, so you had to couple with a prostitute. I didn't want to get a massage with a happy ending from that gay dude, but God ordered me to do it. To teach you guys a lesson. You know... Maybe he was taking that from Butters. Butters was talking about how the world is going to end because of gays, and therefore yeah. Haggard had to go out there yeah, and, and show them. Yeah, nothing like biting a pillow to teach a lesson. All right, you got any more? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Now, uh, everybody knows about how Moses was in Egypt. He was raised by the Egyptians. He finds out, oops, I'm not an Egyptian. And then one day he walks around, he sees an Egyptian beating one of his people, looks around, and then kills the man, buries him in the sand so he won't be caught, and then he's chased out of Egypt. Well, what happened when God came to him and said to him, Okay, Moses, I need you to go back into Egypt, and I need you to free my people. Moses goes, Nuh-uh. Uh, Hell no. Hell no. I killed a man in there. You know what that'll do to me. Well, that's okay, because God did point out that all the men who were chasing after Moses were dead, so he was now safe. Oh, okay. Yeah, Egyptians have a short memory, obviously. A short lifespan, also. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's because everybody else was being murdered and buried in sand, too. Very true. All right, so Moses packs up his wife and, and his children, and he starts marching back towards Egypt, doing God's will. And what do you suppose happens... While he's marching back there, um, God attacks him. God tries to kill Moses. Why? They never state a reason. They never state a reason. This is much like, I think it was uh, Jacob, uh, way back, uh, I think it was uh, Genesis, something like that, where Jacob is attacked by an angel. They're sitting there wrestling, and then the angel like pokes him in the thigh or something like that, which is why they don't eat that part of the animal anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't he wrestling with God to like ensure his salvation or uh, make him ask him a question nope. or something like that? Nope. You're nope. just wrestling with God. God came down. I'll read it to it you. It was like UFC. Yeah. No. In one corner, God <laughs> and, and Jacob, the feisty little Israelite. Yeah. I mean, there was no reason for it. It just, uh, well, if you read the scripture, it talks about a man, but he's an angel. So yeah. an angel basically attacks him. Well, in Exodus 4, 24 to 25, this is what it states. And it came to pass by the way in the inn that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. So Moses is walking towards there. God comes down and tries to kill him for no apparent reason. So how exactly do you appease God? Again, here's our omnibenevolent, 100% good God uh, for no reason at all. 
I think I'm going to kill Moses today. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm just going to kill Moses. So how do you stop God from killing you? It probably has something to do with a whore, an ass, or a penis. <laughs> well, actually, you would be correct. <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> He's so predictable. Yes. Uh, ben Zipporah, that's Moses' wife, wife, took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet. And said, surely a bloody husband art thou to me, so let him go. So she pins her son down with a rock and cuts off his foreskin and then throws the foreskin at God and God stops trying to kill Moses. That that can't be right. You've got to be misreading that. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I read it four times because I thought the same thing. This does not make any sense, but it's there. Look it up. Exodus 4, 24 to 25. So God goes to kill Moses. His wife intervenes by cutting off their son, who's just minding his own business. Yep. Their son's foreskin tosses it at him, and God says, eh, okay. Yeah, that's it. God stops trying to kill Moses because she pinned her son down and cut off his foreskin with a rock. All right, anyone want to be a Jew? (laughs) (laughs) Who would follow a god like this? God is an asshole, and he loves foreskins and asses. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. All right. And, um, you know, I think I figured out the entire New Testament. It's all whores, penises, and asses. (laughs) Speaking of asses. Yes, yes. Let's let's hear yours. (laughs) This is 1 Samuel 5, all right? The Philistines have just defeated the Israelites, and they have captured the Ark of the Covenant. Um, Ooh, don't open it. Your eyes will kill you. Yeah, and I believe, like, just before this, like, they were carrying the ark, and it kind of tipped, and somebody stretched out his hand to steady the ark. And he got killed. And the Lord struck him down. Bam! Don't steady my ark, you son of a bitch. Yeah, you son of a bitch. When my ark falls and breaks, it falls and breaks. You're dead. They'll kill him. Uh, so the Philistines defeated the Israelites, and they captured the Ark, and they put it in front of, uh, inside the temple of Dagon, their god. And so they set it right by the idol. Because in the ancient times, they always had the idols, right? Yeah. They had a little temple, and inside the temple was this, like, gold or silver sculpture statue of their god. Yeah, you need somebody to visually pray to. And so, and also when you, we capture another um, uh, village's god, then you bring it back and, and uh, you know, you, you kind of put it in front of your God and say, you know, our God's stronger than his. Yeah, because we beat you, our God right. is stronger than yours. So, uh, <laughs> so they put it down and uh, they rose in the morning and behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. Yeah. And Once so, again, Dagon is their God, a statue of their God. And so they took Dagon and set him in his place again. And then they arose early in the morning again. Behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord, and the head of Dagon and both palms of his hands. Palms of his hands? It must have been a very sharp thing to cut. Where else do you have palms? Well, maybe Dagon was masturbating and he had hairy palms, so the Lord was after him. Both the palms of his knees were cut. I mean, what the... You have palms on your knees? When did that happen? Why do you have to specify... Of his hands. <laughs> yeah, where else again, are you keeping the palms? Again, the Bible is written for idiots. <laughs> and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left to him. 
And now the priests are like, damn. And they said, neither the priests of Dagon nor any that come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon and Ashdod unto this day. Well, of course they don't want to tread on the threshold. It cut off Dagon's head and his palms. They're worried the same thing's going to happen. Yeah, without your palms, how are you going to whack off? Uh, well, I mean, if you do, you might want to put on a leather glove or something because that <laughs> sinew and bone is really going to chafe you. <laughs> But the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them of Ashdod, and he destroyed them and smote them with emeralds, even Ashdod and the coast thereof. Huh. Um, emeralds. emeralds. You're a doctor. Uh, what, pray tell, is an emerald? These are hemorrhoids. <laughs> Again, God is omnibenevolent, 100% good, not a shred of even mischievousness in this guy. And he's sitting up in his clouds, and he says, hmm, they defeated my Jews, they stole my little ark, what am I going to... Should I send him a prophet? Nah. nah I'm nah. just going to smite him with hemorrhoids. Because everybody knows God is an ass man. No one in Ashdod <laughs> is going to sit down until that ark is taken back. <laughs> what the hell? Come on, God. Uh, I don't this think, is your plague? I don't think Dagon would do this to his followers. No, Dagon... I mean, seriously, Dagon would smite them. He would kill them. Why the hell are you giving people hemorrhoids? And when the men of Ashdod saw that it was so, so apparently they're inspecting everyone in the city. Hey, you got hemorrhoids too, yeah, huh? Hey, drop your pants, let me poke that. <laughs> they said, the ark of the God of Israel shall not abide with us, for his hand is sore upon us, and upon Dagon our God. So I guess Dagon's got hemorrhoids too. Yeah, yeah, poor Dagon, he lost his palms, his head, and he's <laughs> got he's hemorrhoids. Got little golden hemorrhoids. <laughs> they sent, therefore, and gathered all the lords of the Philistines unto them and said, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? And they answered, Let the ark of the God of Israel be carried about unto Gath. And so they did that. And it was so that after they carried it about, the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction. And he smote the men of the city, both small and great, and they had emeralds in their secret parts. Everywhere you take this place, people get hemorrhoids. Yeah, I don't think I want to go near that ark. <laughs> Therefore, they sent the ark of God to Ekron. And it came to pass, as the ark of God came to Ekron, that the Ekronites cried out, saying, Oh, my God, <laughs> they brought about the ark of the God of Israel to us to slay us and our people. Well, not exactly slay. Yeah, they're just looking to cause you a little bit of discomfort. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of the God of Israel, and let it go again to its own place, that it slay us not. And our people, for there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city, and the hand of God was very heavy there. The hand of God seems to be very heavy on their asses with these hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> and the men that died not were smitten with the emeralds, and the cry of the city went up to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I love that these oh, people... my ass! I can't sit down. <laughs> oh, God. I love these Oh, the people. dilated veins of my ass! <laughs> They find out that God is smiting them with hemorrhoids, and they start passing it around from city to city. <laughs> Get it out of here. We don't want it. We're done with our hemorrhoids. Here, you take it. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. I, well, now, did you continue on to 1 Samuel 6 to find out what happened? I couldn't read anymore. I was so disgusted by the Lord God of, of heaven. Smiting people with hemorrhoids. Oh, you really should have continued on have the you, six. Have you ever incised hemorrhoids and removed the claw? I mean, hemorrhoids are dilated rectal veins, right? Yeah. And uh, when they when they get swollen up like that, the uh, flow of blood isn't straight anymore, so it swishes around and clots. And that's when you get this massive, it's called a thrombosed hemorrhoid. 
you have to numb it up, incise it, squeeze the clot out. <laughs> so all these people are coming in with hemorrhoids. I'm thinking, kiss my ass, God. This is what he, all of the Ekronite doctors <laughs> are incising all these hemorrhoids and pushing out the clots. God, what the hell did those doctors ever do yeah, to you? What does it matter with you? Come on. <laughs> Ass deep in hemorrhoids. <laughs> yeah, well, so I'm what sure. happened in Samuel 6? More hemorrhoids? Uh, actually, they do discuss the hemorrhoids, but mostly it's a discussion on how to get rid of the Ark of the Covenant. Okay. No. They can't just walk it back to the Israelites. No, of course not. Uh, basically, uh, they call their priests together and ask their priests what they should do because, you know, the priests have done so well up to this point. Yeah. All right. So, uh, due to 1 Samuel 6, I have discovered why Indiana Jones during Raiders of the Lost Ark refused to open his eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hemorrhoids. He was tied to that pole. <laughs> That would have smarted. Yeah, yeah. Mightily. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it, it would have assaulted his eyes and his ass. And the reason why I say this... Yeah, that guy melted, right? Yeah, he melted. Well, yeah. that's... That Japanese Nazi dude. Why do you think he melted, though? What did he look on inside? Because, uh, folks, it wasn't sand that was inside of the ark. <laughs> what was inside the ark? Okay. The smashed tablets. No, that wasn't it. And the priest said, and they said, if ye send away the ark of the God of Israel, send it not empty, but in any wise return it, or excuse me, in any wise return him a trespass offering. Oh, so, so what they're doing is they're sticking some presents inside the ark, saying, sorry for taking your ark. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. And then ye shall be healed, and it shall be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. All right. What presents would you stick in the ark? Uh, I would stick um, a scalpel <laughs> and fingers to squeeze out the... Yeah, you got to have people hold the ass cheeks apart, too. Yeah, Otherwise, so you, you can't get, get, get the hemorrhoid. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, this is what the priest told them to put it. Then said they, what shall be the trespass offering which we shall return to him? They answered, five golden emeralds and five golden mice. I like these guys. <laughs> They got a sense of humor. So the, the king of the city goes, all right, sculptors, here's some gold. I want you to make some gold hemorrhoids as a model. Here, take a look at this. We've got a whole line of models. <laughs> It'll be the most realistic golden emerald sculpture in the land. Yeah, so, so basically... These guys, they fashion gold hemorrhoids. This is the best story by far in the Bible. Well, see, they don't even have the courtesy to fashion these hemorrhoids and these five golden mice to represent the five leaders who are plagued with this. Gotcha. They don't even have the courtesy to carry the ark back to the proper people. Instead, they load it on a cart... They slap the asses and let the asses march it in there. They would not go near the city. Gotcha. And that's how they return the ark filled with hemorrhoids. <laughs> that, that is wonderful. So they just hitched it without a driver. Hitched it without a driver. Onto these poor donkeys. Who probably, who probably wound got hemorrhoids. up with hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> God, beautiful. you are a son of a bitch. That is beautiful. Yeah, that... 
Seriously. Has Again, now God's sitting up there. How can I pay these people back? They've been awfully mean to my people, the Israelites, out of all the infinite options that I have. Hmm. Do you Whatever think, shall I and, and apparently this is the same guy as Jesus, right? Yeah. They're all one person. Yeah, and the Holy Ghost. They're all the same. So there's Jesus sitting up there on his cloud thinking, hmm, should I just forgive these guys? Nah, I'll give them a nastiest bout of hemorrhoids they've ever had. <laughs> well, not only that, he actually accepts the priest's offering of golden hemorrhoids. He, he accepts does. it. Of course he does. God, why do you like hemorrhoids? We know you're an ass man, but come on. God's like, take those golden hemorrhoids and put it in the Holy of Holies. <laughs> I can see these Israelites going, hmm, golden hemorrhoids, God's an ass man, I'll stick them where they belong. Jesus. God, what is wrong with you, God? It kills me that people read this crap and believe it that it is absolutely the word of God. Yeah, well, right? This 100% is the word of God. Every line in the Bible is the inspired word of the omnibenevolent, omnipresent, omniscient, Omnipowerful ass man, ass man of the universe, <laughs> peeping Tom, the almighty peeping Tom ass man. You'd think if he was all smart, he could write a better goddamn book. Yeah, well, you know what I think this is, is this is God's attempt at interesting people in the Bible because he writes so much other boring shit that he has to toss in these little things to see if anybody is paying attention. Yeah, and clearly the answer is they're not. Yeah. None of these Christians are paying attention. Yeah. See, this stuff is great for debate fodder, right? Yeah. They talk about how loving God is and how wonderful he is <laughs> and how he wouldn't hurt a fly. And, <laughs> and, and you just say, oh, really? fly hemorrhoids. You, Never read 1 Samuel, have you? Yes, yes. Why don't you take a look at 1 Samuel 5 and then find out how they cured themselves. Let me just whip out 1 Samuel and read it to you. Because yeah. obviously you don't read your own book. Yes, here's God and his hemorrhoid obsession. Lord. Oh, God. All right, all right. Then let, let's move on to Malachi. So we just discussed how God is almighty, all-powerful, omniscient, so on and so forth. So... What exactly does God do when his priests piss him off? He gives them hemorrhoids. No, no. Stones them. No, but you're close. It, it deals with the ass. <laughs> I should have known. It, you I already put known. the criteria out there. It deals with the ass. Now, this is Malachi 2, 2 through 3. If ye will not hear, and if ye will not lay it to heart, to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts. So right there, God is saying this. This is the word of God. I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Year I have cursed, or excuse me, that's yea. Yea, I have cursed them already, because ye do not lay it to heart. And this is how he curses them. Behold, I will corrupt your seed, and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feast, and one shall take you away with it. So these priests... Why are they feasting on shit? Well, they aren't. They have a solemn feast, and then God follows them around until they take a shit, and then he grabs it and starts uh. rubbing it in their face. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot think of a behavior that is more assholeish. 
There you go. Uh, you just had your solemn feast. So a feast to God. God. He waits until you shit it out. God is a 12-year-old boy, basically. <laughs> Hiding behind, waiting until you take a shit, and then he smears it all over your face. Yeah. That is God's punishment to his priests when they aren't giving him the proper respect. Why would anyone worship the son of a bitch? I have no idea, but God damn is he entertaining to read about. <laughs> I wish this stuff really happened. Yeah. You know, you come to Sunday school one day and the guy gets up and he's got shit all over his face. <laughs> yeah, I got I some giving God his proper respect. <laughs> got some bad news. <laughs> I need to do some repenting. I beg your forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why the hell don't we get that? Uh, wow, that's uh, that's a literal case of shit on your face. God, everyone in the audience. Oh man. Oh. Woo, woo. What did you eat for your solemn <laughs> feast? <laughs> God, it's in his teeth. <laughs> Don't smile. Don't smile. <laughs> All right, I think that's probably plenty of crazy Bible stories. Yeah, yeah, trust me. Said. When I said I researched this for six hours, it wasn't because it was difficult to find. It was because I had to sift through all the craziness to find my favorites. God. Penises, asses, whores, and shit. <laughs> oh, my. God. All right. Next week, what are we doing? Uh, next week, I believe we're doing Jehovah's Witnesses. All right, we're going to try. There have been multiple requests for Jehovah's yeah. Witnesses. Um, and we kind of already started with the Seventh-day Adventists, so along yeah. the same lines. We're going to delve into the history of Jehovah's Witnesses and see what kind of um, solemn, um, very serious discussion. discussion we can come up with. And uh, more than likely, because so many have requested it, we'll also point out ways to scare off Jehovah's Witnesses when they come knocking on your door. Absolutely. We'll see you next week. Have a good one.